When my very important words are not enough, America cries out for more. So much more, my producers pull me back from my vacation in the Cayman Islands. So let's hurry this shit up. I was about to write a dolphin. Let's see, where was I? America cries out for more. Uh, right, right. Thus, America, the mini episode, was born. America! 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 Hello, America. It's me, Thebidias A. Starred, a.k.a. the embodiment of an only hope for America, here with you again for another mini-episode of America, the podcast. As usual in this episode, I will be answering your semi-important questions and answering them with very important answers. Then, I will be letting you listen to my very important segments, Rapid Fire News, and the segment from last week, which I, am. Uh, do I even know what I did? I've been drinking so much on the Caymans I plumb forgot. Anyways, then after that, we will be going to commercial, then coming back for a very important reading. That said, let's get to your semi-important questions. Our first question comes from Little Hakeem from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Little Hakeem writes, Dear Mr. Thebidias, why did America hate Thomas Paine towards the end of his life? Well, Hakeem, I will actually be shedding a little light on that during the very important reading segment of this mini-episode, so stay tuned and find out. Our next question comes from Little Jackson from Flagstaff, Arizona. Little Jackson writes, Dear Mr. Thebidias, how does one access the void of time as heard in your recent episode? Well, Jackson, it's quite simple. If you are like me and have access to magic, you can go pretty much any time you want. However, if you do not have access to magic, but do have access to the key of Princess Hugulagon, you can use the key to open the doorway in the reflection pool in Washington, D.C. So, there you go. Our last question comes from Little Angela from Quantico, Virginia. Little Angela writes, Dear Mr. Thebidias, During your episode last week, you told your audience to look up James Callender. When I did, I found out he was murdered. My question is, did you kill him? Well, little Angela, that is a fantastic question. However, I need to look something up on my phone before I answer it. Let's see, James died in Virginia, right? Okay, that's where we were? Jesus. Uh, no statute of limitations on murder, so... No, I did not kill James Callender. If you can, I would check with Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton as well, because they might be able to tell you a thing or two. Oh, wait, you can't. They're dead. Well then... I guess the identity of the man who poisoned and knocked over the head and then tied up and then drowned James Callender to make sure he stayed dead will forever be a mystery to everyone. So, case closed, I guess, or cold case or something. Ooh, I need to catch up on cold case. Is that show still on? Hmm. This has been Semi-Important Questions. Up next, we have rapid-fire news and my very new, very important segment, a quick reminder. I take you now live to those pre-recorded segments. Oh, and you can catch them on Instagram at America the Podcast. So, okay, let's go now. These days, the news can come at you as fast as it takes you to doom scroll through Facebook. Well, I am here to shout it at you even faster. This is rapid-fire news. First. Winner of the award for excellence in pandemic nursing home neglect, Andrew Cuomo has resigned the governorship after the New York Attorney General released a 165-page report detailing Cuomo's history of sexual assault. President Biden himself called for Andrew Cuomo's resignation, but when asked about his own history of inappropriate touching, the president paused, smelled everybody's head in the room, and promptly left. Next. 
The Senate has approved the bipartisan infrastructure bill in a 69, nice, to 30 vote that included Senator and man who uses CRISPR to keep his DNA as turtly as possible, Mitch McConnell. The move comes after a new poll revealed that Americans do not like bridges collapsing while they're driving across them. Next. Florida's highest ranking scumbag, Ron DeSantis, is threatening to take away the pay of educators who require students to wear masks in school. It is also being reported that the governor will be signing a bill to make puppies an enemy of the state and clean water illegal to drink. Next. UN scientists have released a code red warning in regards to climate change, citing the inevitable influx of floods and drought in the coming years. In a related story, former Vice President Al Gore has just set a world record for smuggest I told you so. Next. It was recently reported that the indoor growing of cannabis is contributing to the effects of climate change. It has also been revealed that if cannabis were legalized, it could be grown freely outdoors instead of in secret indoor farms, thus eliminating the aforementioned climate change effects. Next. Employees of several corporations such as Disney, Tyson Foods, and Walmart, as well as all United States military personnel, will now be required to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Wait, does this mean we found a way to get all QAnon members vaccinated? I feel like that might be counterintuitive. But can't we just let the Lord do his work? No? Damn it. Caring about your fellow man is cumbersome. This has been Rapid Fire News. Hello, America. It's me, Febe Stard, AKA the embodiment of an only hope for America. And it is now time for my very important, very new segment, a quick reminder. Today, I have a quick reminder for my friends in the Republican Party. Hello, grand old friends. Bring it in. I have something very important to tell you. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Human beings live in places outside of these United States. I know, I couldn't believe the news when I heard it either, but it's true. As it turns out, they live everywhere, including, are you ready for this? Afghanistan. You know, that country we swore we would protect against the Taliban after we invaded 20 years ago? Yeah, about that. Since America began its evacuation, hundreds of thousands of Afghan people have been attempting to flee for their lives, including 80,000 people who helped the American military during our 20-year occupation of Afghanistan. You'd think allowing the United States military, aka the best logistical force on the planet, to expedite the refugee process would be a no-brainer at this point, but here we are. This prompts the obvious question, why are we not getting these people out faster? Pondering that, I feel the Congressional GOP may need a quick reminder of their core values. As we all know, you are the pro-life party and claim to be different than the Taliban. It's hard to tell sometimes when you consistently try and take away the right to vote, dictate women's health, and attempt to impose archaic religious laws on the population. But irregardless of the multiple similarities the Taliban and the GOP have in common, you, the GOP, are still the alleged party of pro-life. So I ask that you take this quick reminder of your stance on the importance of being alive and apply it to those attempting to flee the Taliban. I know you don't like immigrants, but as a second quick reminder, your mascot, Jesus, was an immigrant fleeing persecution, so maybe take that into account if you're having a hard time being pro-life as you watch desperate people cling to the sides of Air Force planes. And that goes for every member of Congress. Tear down these bureaucratic barriers and get those innocent people out of Gilead or whatever the Taliban plans on calling their new government before it's too late. Otherwise, those people will continue to suffer and the $2 trillion you insisted we spend on this war will go to waste. Oh, the money has already gone to waste? Ah, right, because the Taliban took back the country in less than a fortnight and according to the Afghanistan papers in 2019, we didn't know what we were doing the entire time we were there and shouldn't have been there in the first place. <sighs> Got it. My very important point is, 
just let those people come to America, okay? Uh, this has been a quick reminder. Exhilarating as usual. So, even though this is a mini-episode, I still need to make money. I will nickel and dime the absolute hell out of you whenever I can. We'll be right back after these messages. It's America, the podcast! It's America, the podcast! And we're back, America, with the second half of America, the podcast, the mini-episode. That said, it's now time for very important readings. First up, I wanted to bring up Tom's funeral. Thomas Paine, that is. Thomas Paine! Ah, forgot about that goddamn theme. Anyways, only six people attended Tom's funeral, including a woman named Madame Bonneville and her son Benjamin, whom Thomas saved. From Madame Bonneville. The interment was a scene to affect and wound any sensible heart. Contemplating who it was, what man it was, that we were committing him to an obscure grave on an open and disregarded bit of land, I could not help feeling most acutely. Before the earth was thrown down around the coffin, I, placing myself at the east end of the grave, said to my son Benjamin, Stand you there at the other end as witness for America. Looking around me, and beholding a small group of spectators, I exclaimed as the earth was tumbled into the grave, Oh, Mr. Payne! My son stands here as testimony of the gratitude of America and I for France. A short eulogy, but a eulogy nonetheless for one of the greatest men to ever live, from a very grateful daughter of liberty and her son, a son of liberty. Now I may be butthurt for Thomas stealing my words to make common sense, but it is undeniable that that man was one of the most brilliant people in American history, as I just said. And it bears repeating once again, Thomas Paine, Bad enough for you, was one of the most brilliant men in American history. And like all brilliant men, his thinking was ahead of his time, so much so that he earned the disdain of all America when he returned for writing his last book, The Age of Reason. Which brings me back full circle to this mini-episode during semi-important questions when little Hakeem asked why America hated Thomas Paine. Well, simply put, it was because of his book The Age of Reason. Now I am certain that you are wondering, what could Thomas have possibly written in the Age of Reason that would earn him the disdain from his very, very, very religious countrymen in America? Well, I now take you to the second half of Very Important Readings with quotes pulled from the Age of Reason by me, who pulled them from goodreads.com. I'm not gonna sit and read the Age of Reason again. Read that shit 200 years ago. Anyways, now for the Age of Reason quotes. I do not believe in the creed professed by the Jewish church, by the Roman church, by the Greek church, by the Turkish church, by the Protestant church, nor by any church that I know of. My own mind is my own church. All national institutions of churches, whether Jewish, Christian, or Turkish, appear to me no other than human inventions set up to terrify and enslave mankind and monopolize power and profit. I have always strenuously supported the right of every man to his own opinion however different that opinion might be to mine. He who denies to another this right makes a slave of himself to his present opinion because he precludes himself the right of changing it. 
Of all the systems of religion that ever were invented, there is no more derogatory to the Almighty, more unedifying to man, more repugnant to reason, and more contradictory to itself than this thing called Christianity. Too absurd for belief, too impossible to convince, and too inconsistent for practice, it renders the heart torpid or produces only atheists or fanatics. As an engine of power, it serves the purpose of despotism. As a means of wealth, the avarice of priests. But so far as respects the good of man in general, it leads to nothing here or hereafter. Whenever we read the obscene stories, the voluptuous debaucheries, the cruel and torturous executions, the unrelenting vindictiveness with which more than half the Bible is filled, it could be more consistent that we called it the word of a demon than the word of God. It is the history of wickedness that has served to corrupt and brutalize mankind, and, for my part, I sincerely detest it, as I detest everything that is cruel. The most detestable wickedness, the most horrid cruelties, and the greatest miseries that have afflicted the human race have had their origin in this thing called revelation or revealed religion. It has been the most dishonorable belief against the character of the divinity, the most destructive to morality, and the peace and happiness of man that ever was propagated since man began to exist. It is better, far better, that we admitted, if it were possible, a thousand devils to roam at large and to preach publicly the doctrine of devils. Whence arose all the horrid assassinations of whole nations of men, women, and infants with which the Bible is filled, and the bloody persecutions and tortures unto death in religious wars that since that time have laid Europe in blood and ashes. Whence arose they but from the impious thing called revealed religion and this monstrous belief that God has spoken to man? The lies of the Bible have been the cause of the one and the lies of the testament of the other. End of reading of quotes. So, I know that was long-winded because Thomas loved his long-winded sentences, but you can see now why the American people did not like him. Because, to put it short, he said God sucked, and that anybody that believed in the doctrine of the Bible or any organized religion was a fool. But he also supported their right to have that opinion, something the American people did not, even though this country was founded on religious freedom. Considering that, maybe this country should, uh, allow more religious freedom and not just only Christianity. Food for thought, America. This has been Very Important Readings. Once again, find ourselves at the end of this very important mini-episode of America, the podcast with me, Bebe Starr, the embodiment of an only hope for America. I'm not going to end these in any particular way, because frankly, I don't want to. I like the freeform aspect of this. That said, I hope to see you again next week for the very important episode on the Declaration of Independence. To hear how somebody in this room pretty sure I'm the only one in this room, wrote that very important document. Tell your friends, remember to like and subscribe on all of the apps or whatever, and uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. And there won't be a mini-episode after the uh, Declaration of Independence episode. I'm going on vacation. Well, back on vacation, because all of you assholes pulled me out of it! Never, never interrupt me when I'm having my dolphin time. You understand? Good. Alright. Good night, and good fight! It's America, the podcast!
This has been America, the podcast, hosted by me, Thibodeus A. Starr, the embodiment of and only hope for America. Tim is also there. You can catch my very important show every week on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Shway Media, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on one of those fancy apps while you're at it. I command it. You can also hear the show and access more content at americathepodcast.com. And don't forget to watch Rapid Fire News and other very important segments on TikTok and Instagram at America the Podcast. You can also find the show on Facebook and Twitter if you're into that sort of thing. And now to contractually credit the people who helped make this show possible, i.e. put it on the internet. America the Podcast is a Shway Media original podcast. Writers for the show include me, Thebediah A. Starr, Tim Phillippe, Alana Matos, and Michael Sizemore. Executive producers for the show are Alana Matos and Tim Phillippe. Since the space-time continuum doesn't allow for audio recording or something dumb like that, I don't know, the voice of Ben Franklin was provided by Michael Sizemore. The mid-show commercial was read by Alana Matos. My voice is my own, and I allow Tim to speak when it suits me. Sound design is by Tim Phillippe, and all dialogue is mixed in Shway Media Studios. All research and fact-checking for the show was performed by Michael Sizemore and Tim Phillippe. A full list of research sources for this season of America the Podcast is linked in the description of each episode. The America the Podcast theme song is by Timmy Two-Step, and all other supporting audio heard in the show was procured through audioblocks.com, freesound.org, and ambient-mixer.com. Oh, and I legally, for some reason, have to say that Common Sense was written by Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine! That's it. Go on now. You hear? This has been a production of Shway Media, all rights reserved. For more information, please visit shwaymedia.com. Thank you.